It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 688 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, March 5th, 2023. And I'm joined on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one and only Joe, at Marnus3 at mstdn.party. How are you, Joe? Uh, I'm here. It's always a party with Joe. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Also joining us from down Tennessee way, Adam Hebert. How are you, Adam? I'm well, thank you for asking, Tim. Um, welcome back. Also joining us, Kathy Larkin from the West Coast. How are you doing, Kathy? Uh, I'm here, too. I, I, you know, I'm hanging in there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Justice Putnam from the left coast, Oregon. How are you doing, Justice? I'm doing just fine trying to fight off Greater Idaho, but hey. <laughs> greater Idaho. So tell us what's going on at Oregon Way, Justice. Well, we, uh, we're we trying to fight off Greater Idaho. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I live, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The you know the people who are running the sece- se- secessionist movement, I'll get it out, uh, from, you know, there's been decades-long uh, uh, push to make this part of the state and Idaho called the state of Jefferson. Jefferson. I don't know why, but that's what's what they say. And um, and now now uh, there's uh, pretty much a referendum from people who live in you know very unpopulated areas of Oregon who say that they want to become part of Idaho. And I'm like. I don't want to be part of Idaho. Right. Tell them to pack their bags and move. They'll never be. Yeah, it has to be able to pass a federal muster, too, to be able to make, I don't know, a carve out for a, another state or whatever. Oh, so God. Well, who's to say Idaho know. even wants them? <laughs> but no, it's just it, it, it's just emblematic of this craziness that you know they they want their safe spaces now and i've got a pretty good idea for their safe spaces you know they love they love gated communities they love those strip malls with the little botox centers and and the little strip mall church and above all they really love the man-made lakes with the little water feature in the middle and a marina for everybody that lives along the shoreline Mm, okay. So, so you know, they'll have everything. You know, they'll have like a Panda Express, you know, and every, they'll have everything. Oh, well, All just... we have to do is turn the guard shacks on the inside, <laughs> wipe yeah. them in, why and they'll never know. Why don't they just move down to the villages in Florida? <laughs> right. They can, you know yeah, what? Exactly. Maybe Go that's why Florida. DeSantis took over Disneyland, because he's going to have an auxiliary for the villages and the <laughs> old weedy uh, district. Right. <laughs> they can go I don't riding know. Dumbo in circles. Whoopee. So uh, other parts or other aspects of what's happening in Oregon is that we've been uh, we've been under the onslaught of uh, quite a bit of weather. So we're still in oh. a winter weather advisory with snow and rain, and and it looks like we're going to get a bit more snow tonight, and uh, for the next for. Next ten days and maybe even yeah. longer. So, so in Welcome some respects, to California. It's, it, it's it's almost like we're getting back to normal. You know, like like I hear that when people like quit smoking, mm-hmm. they kind of shake a bit and stuff, but they don't realize that that was like their normal sort of stuff. They kind of you know they weren't being drugged and now they're kind of shaking and they got to get used to it. And maybe I don't know. Maybe the Earth is telling us. Uh, 
I'm shaking. But I'm getting back to normal. I, I have a question <clears throat> about this greater Idaho thing. Yeah. Even if they managed to pull it off, wouldn't greater Idaho have to be admitted to the union? That's what I'm saying is that which a would never happen. Thing, would never happen. You would know, never happen. You can't, a, a state can't just arbitrarily expand itself. And, you know, again, Idaho does not equal greater Idaho. So, well, like I said, it would basically have to be readmitted to the union, which means uh, it's not happening, which means, hey, we just got rid of a useless one fiftieth of our country. One of the points of- I wanted to make that I failed to make about that, though, is that uh, the perpetrators of the state of Jefferson – and now this greater Idaho scheme that's been floated for actually uh, when Trump took office. That's when we started hearing about greater Idaho, and now it's gained so much steam. But the perpetrators of this were a couple who just happened to hightail it back home to Moscow. Right. <laughs> Can't see that. What a coincidence, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm serious. Yeah. I kid you not. Yeah, well, it, it, you know. And, and that also came out during right? – that that's also came out during the Butina trial, the yep. the uh, spy, the Red Sparrow that infiltrated the NRA and got the Overstock.com guy involved. You know Funny I mean? how we never hear about that, but we always hear about uh, Eric Swalwell. I know. Who, who did everything right. Yeah, I right. know the FBI comes to him and says, you know, you got somebody in your sort of like circle there that you ought to keep track, you know, like keep away from. And he said, okay. Right. Yeah, but but you know, again, they were infiltrated by a Russian spy, a proven Russian spy, and she was there for a long time. And even when they pointed out, "Hey, you do know that lady's a Ru- Russian spy, right? You, you do know that uh, everything is fine." Eric Swalwell, as soon as it was brought to his attention that he was dating a Chinese spy broke it off, and gave all, every bit of relevant information to the FBI. But it's Eric Swalwell that they talk about. Of course. Well, I mean, look, yeah. look, you know, they were running around blaming the QAnon crazy, blaming, you know, Hillary Clinton's running a sex dungeon out yeah. of the, or sex trafficking ring, a child sex trafficking ring out of the basement of a pizza parlor and that, does, that doesn't have a basement. <laughs> and uh, right. yet, Yet, Republican after Republican keeps getting arrested for uh, for uh, child trafficking, child porn, yeah. child this, child that. But don't you understand? Logically, that means we're the groomers. Oh, oh, okay, I see. You know, just like just like even though the only people who get caught engaging in voter fraud are Republicans, the problem is the Democrats. Right, right. You know, yeah. there were no, in that last election where they complained so much about in person voter fraud. Everyone who got caught. Was voting for Trump? Yeah, just like those twenty um, black people who got arrested in Florida by DeSantis's election pre- police, who voted after they were told they they could vote. Right, but so, but the people living in the villages voted three three four times, <laughs> and nothing ever yeah, happened. Yeah, but they didn't get because in they voted for a bunch the of white people. people. Right. They voted for they, the right people. I did. I, I did hear that they had to take a class. Oh, did they? Oh, Jesus. So, so, so Put you them gotta, in jail for look, five years like they do black people. So you just no, can't, they don't you, care. You, you just can't say that justice doesn't work. I mean, come on. Right. Right. Right, right, right. Class. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well, yeah. All of that stated, <laughs> you can find me, if you ever are interested, on Netroots Radio five mornings a week for West Coast Cookbook and Speakeasy. 
And uh, also on uh, oh at Justice Putnam on Twitter, uh, Mastodon, Mastodon and Spoutable. And also over on Daily Co's, where I am the poetry editor for Black Co's. All right. Thank you, Justice. Glad to have you back. And Kathy, what's up? What's going on your way? San Jose? Well, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm totally uh, void of the community these days because I'm trying to move myself into another apartment so that they can renovate my apartment in five days. And then I get to move back into this apartment. So, you know, I'm living around a few boxes and stuff like that after purging. I've decided to become a minimalist. You know, I don't want to I don't want to have a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we got some sad news. The Buddy Davis passed. Yes. Say that again. Buddy Davis. Buddy passed. Davis oh, on, on Facebook. He did a lot of the parody songs, kind of like our friend Lauren Mayer. Right. Right. Uh, he he passed this past week. Yeah, he's I think he even was nominated for a Grammy at one time, wow. or a, a music award, whatever. I know it was something because yeah. he used to play with a lot of um, the early bands and stuff like that from the 50s and 60s, I believe. Yeah, well, we hope your move goes well, Kathy. Oh, it, it'll 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 go. You know, it's going to happen no matter what. So whether it's smooth or not, I I did. Uh, find out that my my son and daughter-in-law have a um, one of them, you know, adult wagons, so mm-hmm. I can walk my shit down the hall. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because it's going to take me 40 trips to get the stuff down there, and I, I don't have very far to go, which is I'm grateful for. Um, but I've got to I got to get it done. So anyway, it'll be all right. Yeah. Well, but yeah, you can find me on. On the usual, on Mastodon, a Facebook a little. I, I don't do anything on Facebook. I look at it. You know, I read a few things. I read my favorites that, you know, I, I liked if they if they happen to have posted something. But otherwise, I don't pay a lot of attention. Um, Facebook, it's Let's Remember to Never Forget, your show, and uh, where else? I don't know. <laughs> I'm here. I'm 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 still trying. I'm still going to promote voting and you know make sure that people do it. Don't don't chicken out. Don't chicken out from working for the polls. That's right. Do all the right things. You know, keep doing what you always did because somebody's going to back you up, especially in states like mine. Of course, I live in California. What can I say? You know, you just have to change your state. Takes work. Well, Kathy, thank you very much. And we appreciate sure. you joining us again today. And Adam, what's happening down Tennessee Way? Oh, nothing much. Nothing much. Uh, we had some major thunderstorms uh, the other day. And so uh, had a bit of action right after I got to work at the Fort Campbell Main Exchange. We had to evacuate to the um, storm shelter. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I forgot to talk about all the snow. In my huh? state, California. Oh, yeah. California. We got all the snow that everybody in the eastern states probably would have had, but we've got it. Yeah. I mean, no, I am, I, I'm not, yes, I'm sending the snowstorms we should have got. Look, the snowstorms we got last year that shut down Fort Campbell for, you know, for like two or three days, that's a normal Tuesday where I'm from in Illinois. Okay. That's like a normal winter day. And everyone's like, how are you handling this? It's like, this. 
This is nothing. <laughs> you know. Well, the snow is up to the roof in, in places in Southern California. Oh, well, that's something. I don't think that's bad. Seen, I don't think I've ever seen snow get up to a roof, get up to a roof in Illinois before. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm still kind of on my uh, creative hiatus. I'm still doing my mythical moment for uh, it came from Cleveland. This this set uh, this week we did the butter cat. OK. And uh, I'm looking at uh, revi- uh, a revival of Dread Time Stories. Um, that would just basically be a block, you know, something that I don't have to really invest a lot of time in. But I'm also working on another project. Um, so, well, I guess it's we'll Tennessee. I guess your other project in Tennessee doesn't involve going to a drag show. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, probably no. not. Uh, in, in fact, I shared that old Bugs Bunny cartoon. You know, what, where where he, you know, dresses up as the uh, as the Valkyrie. Yeah, a lot um, of people have. <laughs> yeah, I, I apparently could go to jail for that, and to that I say, come and get me, Bill Lee, you fucking fascist. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, brother, I guess you can't go to a, you can't go to a bar and see a drag show, but you can turn on your TV and you can watch all the drag queens on TV. That's or right. RuPaul's Drag or Race, governor, or well, your governor can dress in drag, and that's fine because he's a Republican. Um, but you know, look, I mean. Drag shows are harmless. We all know this. It's just fascists are gonna fascist. You know they need they need they're like all bullies. They need someone to beat up on. Well, and, and again, and again, you know the secret to being a bully is to beat them more than they beat you until they quit. Right? Was Katara Vish there for the bill signing? <laughs> uh, who knows? But uh, you know, as I said, I believe I said this last time I was on the show. Uh, speaking of speaking of. Uh, Katara, uh, anytime any n- real news outfit mentions um, that person, what they really, you know, what it should be uh, Congressman George Santos, if that is his real name. Uh, that should be like required. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Adam. Always glad to have you back. And you are Adam Kuhn, Adam Kuhn on at Mastodon.world on the Mastodon. Welcome to Mastodon. Yes, and uh, I believe I'm Adam Kuhn on Spottable as well. Okay, cool. Bob Seska's really been pushing Spottable. I got curious, and uh, I signed up. Let me just double check that. Just you know, just to be sure. Yes, at Adam Kuhn on Spottable. All right, cool. elephants and whales. Yes, yeah. I'm looking forward to him coming out with a phone app because it's just Lucy. Yeah, Lousy or or the Mastodon thing. No, the um the the spoutable. spoutable. Yeah, yeah. Right now you can only get to it with a web browser. So he's uh he's working on it. Yeah, we know he's working on it, but I think yeah. it'll be more useful when when yep. it's easy access. So anyway, well, thank you, Adam, and again, thank you for joining us today, Joe. What's happening up Scranton Way? Uh nothing up or ever happens up in Scranton. Did you get a lot of snow? Uh, no. You were, no, you were saying sleet. Ah, oh, that's even worse though. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's worse. sleet is worse. Yeah, we had worse. about an inch of sleet, and um, I've been watching CPAC uh, oh, coverage. You, you, you poor thing. Um, <laughs> huh? You poor Conservative thing. Conservative pricks are crazy. Well, I, you know what? It, it's it's made me it's made me uh, assassination curious. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I should encourage this in you, Joe. I'm I'm beginning <laughs> to be worried about you. Um, no, I don't. I don't advocate violence. 
um, I was watching uh, uh, Svengoli last night, and, and they were using silver bullets. Um, yeah. And from what I saw at CPAC, we don't need silver. No. Yeah. No. We need, like... A yeah. uh, bunch of cheap hamburgers and con- concentrate them into yeah. bullets. Yeah, something like that. Or or just... Yeah. Uh, French fries. Um, feces. <laughs> yeah, feces, too. You can mix it all. Yes, <laughs> they wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> no, anyway, no. Speaking oh, no. of speaking of Svengoolie, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I forgot until we watched it last night that mm-hmm. as much as I love Hammer Films, their mm-hmm. version of the werewolf was the worst <laughs> werewolf movie ever. <laughs> no, you see, we had a great reaction to it. I, we liked it. We enjoyed it. Well, the first half of Wait. the movie has nothing to do with the werewolf. <laughs> Curse of the Werewolf. Yes. Oh, I well. remember all those old movies. Those they they say they're going to be something, and there's something else. I mean, come on, that's kind of Hammer's thing, you know. Where first of all, the the the, the beggar, his teeth were were really uh, authentic because they were English. <laughs> oh yeah, because he didn't have any. <laughs> and um, Jesus, Joe. Yeah. Well. Hating on the Brits there. Uh, a little bit. Uh, no, just their dental hygiene. But uh, did you ever watch British TV? I haven't seen a straight set of teeth yet. Um, <laughs> actually, bad actually teeth. from my experience in Europe, they make fun of us because of our perfect teeth. We're called uh, block jaws. Oh. Yeah. Like blocks. And they make fun of us because we bathe daily. But what the hell? <laughs> I know. What's up with that? Of What's course, up we with would that? never we would never have Chanel number no. five if 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 everybody bathed. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes. And and my my uh, tennis friends are encouraging me to go to go to uh, Wimbledon this year. <laughs> and I I don't I don't I don't no, see it. No, no, no. no. The, the strawberries and cream aren't worth the smell. Uh, no, I mean um, that too. No, there was uh, there was a podcast flying, with some with right some now, Brit. I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be in a, on a jet, having right. to take no. off and land. There no. was a podcast with some Brit who was who was dragging Meghan Markle, who just incidentally was talking about how the pores are the ones that feel like they have to bathe all the time and. So when you're talking about sitting in a, I don't know the royal near the royal box at Wimbledon, gee, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that his ears will fit there anyway. Right. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah so you, you can find me on uh, on Facebook and on Mastodon uh, at Marnus Three uh, at MSTDN dot party. Right. Because we party all the time. That's right. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Facebook and WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Friday night, 7 to 10 Eastern. I am on. It came from Cleveland over at radioforhumans.com. And we were doing a trivia quiz this week. I can't believe I only got two points. I'm deeply that's, ashamed. That's because you suck. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, other than that, you would have done better. Yeah, I'll remember, remember that, Santorsa. Right. Oh, yeah, wait till this week's. We have yeah. a sci-fi quiz coming up. Ooh, all right. All yep, right. just wait until you get to fantasy. Just wait. I'll get you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. wait till I get to anime. Yes. I can help you with that. Huh? For a price. Right. <laughs> well, thank oh, you. I don't, I don't, 
I don't think you'll have to. But anyway, <laughs> I think I can even stump you on anime. You've watched anime? <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. And I am TimGorma.com. It's the website for this show. And we're available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. And we're broadcast on Netroots Radio at 6.30 a.m. 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. Uh, thank you, Justice. Netroots, yeah. uh, Radio for Humans. Or, I'm sorry, NetroosRadio.com. As well as on uh, Radio for Humans, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. And on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, Adam. And uh, with that, let's do our social media friend this week. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow me. All right. Start with Kathy. Who is your social media friend this week? Well, he needs no introduction. So it's at the Rick Wilson. He rocks. And he was retweeting a uh, uh, something that Kurt Bardella posted. Uh, with it says, "Name this band," and it has a picture of Jordan, Ted Cruz, and that idiot Rick Scott. Uh, the three of them, and his name for them, the Douche Boy Three. <laughs> there I you go. That was a good one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It needs no explanations. At the Rick Wilson on Twitter, all these links will be in the show notes. And let's go to uh, to Adam. Who's your who is your social media friend this week? Well, I think we all know that I have breathtaking anger management issues, and so no. uh, I find uh, well, <laughs> I find I take refuge in uh, calming music. To that end, my offering for this week is the YouTube channel Ambient with Flute. Link will be in the show notes. All right, youtube.com slash at ambient with flute. And again, ambient, ambient, ambient with flute is something ambient. completely different. Ambient. Yeah, sleeping pill. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically, um, well, as the name implies, ambient music uh, focusing on the flute um, done in a quintessentially Japanese style. All right. Okay, cool. All right. Thank you, Adam and Justice. My social media friend of the week is DC Patterson on Spoutable Twitter and Mastodon. He can be found at DC Patterson, by the way. Newly retired novelist, guitar, keyboards, esoteric religion, and weird stuff. Author of Lupa Bella and a melancholy humor. And he hates fascism, as we all do. And uh, he and I have been following each other for a considerable time. And I like him because as as I've become more of a curmudgeon, I like to be around others, too. So follow, <laughs> yeah, follow at D.C. Patterson because right. he has the quintessential curmudgeonly quality that we all, lo- all now love. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll put the link to Twitter in the show notes and we'll go to Joe. Well, my uh, Twitter – Twitter, no. Facebook <laughs> friend of the week. His Dan. Yeah, you burned that bridge. Is yeah, I I burned it. I blew it up. I I <laughs> made it into a bookcase. Anyway, uh, is Dan Goldman? Yeah. yeah. Representative Dan Goldman. Why? Because uh, the House introduced. <laughs> you know the Republicans in the House. They're mm. they're so uh, uh, 
into governing that they've passed HR one forty, known as the Protecting Speech from Government Interference Act. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. Because they don't want the the White House influencing speech. Okay. And so, uh, uh, here's what Dan Goldman had to say on the floor taking a swipe at the bill, he said, Mr. Sessions said earlier today that the purpose of H.R. 140 is to try to stop anyone from using the White House for political purposes. And so in that vein today, I am offering the Kelly and Conway Amendment that will allow for prison sentences under criminal violations of the law for knowingly and intentionally violations of the Hatch Act. Right. <laughs> which... which which she uh, said once, uh, uh, tell me when the prison sentence starts, when they called her on Hatch Act violations. Right. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's amazing how they're, they, they, they want to uh, pass bills to, uh, to address the uh, crimes of their former president. Right. Yeah, that's only a good one. <sighs> Isn't that something? So good for Dan Goldman. Uh, the Kellyanne Conway Amendment. There you go. There you, you know, go. She's she she's uh, I hear she's like uh, newly available. Uh, doesn't have any sort of like restrictions on family ties, so that no. she can spend <laughs> some time in jail. So. And and again, before I forget, uh, Justice, uh, congratulations to George. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's a lucky man. Yes. I have my yeah. reservations about both. Alone, but I was going to say I have my reservations about both of them. You know, it's like the ocean. Never turn mm. your back on a Conway. Right. Yes. No, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. No. Yeah. You know, when no. I saw as that. Long, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Adam. As long as George Conway is useful, we'll use him. Yeah. But as soon as he wears out his welcome, you know, we got, he's still the enemy. He just happens to be useful to our cause right now. Right. Yeah. When I saw that post on Facebook, you know, they mm. have the little icons where you can like, you can be mad, you can be happy, you can, you can be surprised. You can laugh, whatever. And, and uh, I saw that, and I was like, well, do I like it? Do I laugh at it? Or do I go, ooh. <laughs> or do you surprised, cry? Yeah. I surprised. I, I, I wasn't sure how to react to that. <laughs> yeah, they, because it's they funny. really need one with the eye rolling. Right. There you go. That's, that's what was You know, that would be helpful, because right. I probably would do that more often. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I've taken to not responding to a lot of the yeah. posts that I have in, in uh on my page mm. because you know, let people talk amongst themselves unless I feel like I need to interject myself. Right. Okay. <laughs> so. I do interject occasionally cause they, they irritate me sometimes. <laughs> yes. All right. So facebook.com slash Dan Goldman for New York. And uh, my social media friend this week is at VPS underscore reports at K O L E K T I V A dot social on Mastodon. He goes by Vishal P. Singh, and he's a documentary filmmaker, video journalist, anti-fascist, usually editing, sometimes writing, always filming. And I chose him because uh, he posted a photo of a congressman from Montana, I believe. He said, breaking the neo-Nazis seen at the Capitol this week met with Republican Congressman Matt Rosendale. From Montana. On the left is Ryan Sanchez, a disgraced former Marine and member of the Rise Above Movement, a neo-Nazi street gang that was prosecuted for its role in the deadly 2017 Charlottesville Nazi rally. Next to Ryan is pro-Hitler blogger Grayson Arnold, (laughs) 
who a white supremacist gro- groper and January sixth insurrectionist, and uh, these are not far are not mere far right activists. These men uh, support active calls for genocide against LGBTQ plus black and Jewish people in the United States. Why are Republicans meeting with masks or with masked off neo Nazis? Right, <laughs> literally, they're just going out in public like with no shame and. <laughs> Oh, I know. And they taking don't photo hide ops anymore. Well, taking no, we're talking. Make CPAC was talking make final solution stuff. Again. So. Make fascists scared again. They should be scared. Right. They should have to be like, if I come out as a neo-Nazi, I might have the curb party thrown for me. They should. That should be part of the thought process. Right. They need to be scared. Right. So uh, Vishal P. Singh at VPS rep- underscore reports. At K O L E K T I V A dot social, all these links will be in the show notes. And we give them all up the pass. Because let me tell you, the news was all over the place this week. Oh my God. When I was getting clips for the show. I wasn't watching. I I just, I had it on. Every now and then I'd hear something and I'd stop and listen a minute. Then I'd get back on with it. Yeah, I, I was just I, I was when I was getting clips for the show. I was like, it's just like all over the place, you know. Usually, it's one theme or two or three things. Everybody's talking about the same thing, but uh, no, it's kind of all over the place. And we'll start. Uh, so Malcolm Nance was on with Dino Badala. Now we have a Republican Party where, to be fair, there are some that do support Ukraine, but the louder voices now—the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Donald Trump, the Trump Jr., even Ron DeSantis—like blaming Biden, not Trump. In your view, who are the ones that are truly, they're pro-Putin? They're not anti-involvement type of people. Well, I mean, it's very clear to see who are pro-Putin. I believe it was 15 congressmen who voted against any allocation of funds for Ukraine. Uh, 15 congressmen that voted against char- uh, Russia with human rights violations. It's it's more than being contrarian. We understand that they're Trump ultra-maga cultist, and that's their position. And their position is quite clear. Anything Donald Trump approves of, they approve of. Mm-hmm. Anything Donald Trump right. opposes, they oppose. And then being ultra MAGA means that they have to go 100 times uh, more, you know, 100 times more virulent than than everybody else in MAGA world. Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene is now she has actually carved herself a position where she is wants to be the leader of this caucus. And you have the Paul yep. Gosars mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you know, the Lauren Boberts, what they call the House Freedom Caucus. These people literally stand for the subjugation, dismantling and genocide of a nation. How do they use the word freedom at all? Unironically, at any time, they don't care. They're the same people who you see at these rallies who say, I would rather vote for Vladimir Putin than an American. I saw that. He would rather vote for a communist KGB officer than an American citizen. So those people are the most un-American people in the U.S. Congress. And I don't know how their colleagues think that they can walk down the hallway and show them comedy, you know, comedy all day. I couldn't, you know, I mean, they asked me to run for Congress this year. And fortunately, I didn't, because if I was in this Congress, I'm sorry, I'd be bad mouthing them and charging, you know, uh, challenging them to duels all day. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Preach. Right. Preach. 
We could, oh. uh, we could use uh, a Malcolm Nance in in Congress. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he's he's something. Yes, but he's right. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. I'd like him to be chairman of the uh, of the Intelligence Committee, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He's right. Boy, there's nobody that is more experienced. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. So yes, and then uh, uh, on the next bit of news, uh, all the hand wringing over Scott Adams being dropped by all the freaking newspapers uh, because Dilbert never was a funny cartoon. I never thought. <laughs> no, I never liked it. I never, I never thought it I was could funny. Care less if it was in the paper. <laughs> so oh my god, oh they're dropping Dilbert. Oh. Oh my God! What are we gonna do? I'm like, I haven't seen a Dilbert cartoon because I don't haven't gotten a physical newspaper <laughs> in ages, yeah. in, in years, and so uh, and so. Who cares if they drop Dilbert? <laughs> yeah, well, that's just too bad. He lost a lot of work, mm. more like Dick Bert. Yeah, well, and uh, Morning Joe was getting a little a little laugh out of it here. Uh, now to this, newspapers across the country dropped the Dilbert comment strip over the weekend, just days after Scott Adams, the creator of the satirical cartoon, made controversial comments that publications are denouncing as racist and discriminatory. The cartoonist described people who are black as members of a hate group from which white people should get away. Those comments came in response to a Rasmussen Report survey in which 53% of black respondents agreed with the statement it's okay to be white, while 26% disagreed. Various media publishers nationwide denounced Adams' comments as racist, hateful, and discriminatory, while Andrews McMeal Universal, which distributes Dilbert, announced it would sever all ties with the cartoonist. The Anti-Defamation League has noted to that phrase, it's okay to be white, emerged on the infamous message board 4chan in 2017 as a trolling campaign and has a long history in the white supremacist movement. Adams defended his remarks on Twitter, saying he was only, quote, advising people to avoid hate and suggested that the cancellation of his cartoon signals that free speech in America is under assault. Um, he has um, since deleted the I, I, I've seen people who have, have, have spoken out against cancel culture repeatedly, and you and I have actually, uh, as well, many occasions, have spoke, uh, spoken out against the wokeness uh, of, of, of this cancel culture. But, I mean, this is even some people who are really intensely fighting cancel culture are saying, this ain't cancel culture. This is just racism being called out. People don't want to be associated with a guy that says, stay away, I'm going to stay away from black people. No, this, this is not a question of being taken out of context. This is not a question of saying something that you want to take back. This guy absolutely, unequivocally advocated, stay away from black people. And let's remember, Adams said it while he knew he was a cartoonist in these major publications. So he would, if not penalized, have been normalizing that it's all right for these publications to do business and put forward the work in cartoons of a guy that says stay away from black people. I think they did what they should have done. I think it would have been offensive and uh, really signaling some kind of of, of subtle agreement to continue to do business with him. He has the right mm-hmm. to say it 
they have the right to say these do not reach our standards. Yes. And uh, for Elon Musk and others to come to his defense uh, makes us really question uh, where are their standards and when or do they consider something bigger than in racist? Do you just have right. to go out and use the N-word outright? And even then, they may find some way to justify it. Certainly the right decision by these business groups. And for Adam, it's not the first time that he has said things that were racist or certainly inflammatory. And, and Joe Mika, we should also note, he is, and this remember, Dilbert was a phenomenon some years ago, but he has really yeah. slipped in recent years uh, during the pandemic, particularly embracing full-on conspiracies, dangerous COVID conspiracy theories about government tracking, uh, about vaccines being <laughs> fatal, uh, embracing QAnon-esque approaches towards Donald Trump and the government. So this is a, a little bit of a long downward slide and this full-on racism with these remarks. Here you go. Right. Couldn't have happened to a nicer douchebag. <laughs> well, you know, it's long been said... And, you know, in defense of Scott Adams here, it's long been said that that his uh, cartooning is nothing more than stick figures drawn by a misogynist, racist bigot. Uh, when actually it's tube figures drawn, not stick figures, tubes. Right. <laughs> There's right. no dimensionality to them anyway. So they couldn't be tubes. Yeah. And. You know, for office humor, I always, I don't know, I thought Gary, Gary Larson was better with right. office humor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The far side, right. Of course, of course, cancel culture is alive and well in Florida because uh, oh. we, can, uh, we can't disagree with the governor because if you Ooh, do, got to register. Uh, well, you have to register. You have to register if you're going to disagree with them because we want to know where your funding is. And uh and uh, in Disney's case, uh, you can't express an opinion on uh, on his transphobic uh, uh, bill because uh, he will punish uh, them. Which I, I thought, gee, isn't it a conservative value of free enterprise and right? uh, no. non-government yeah. interference? No, no. And not anymore. Isn't yeah. that isn't that canceling? No, that's that, that's that, that's woke corporations. Oh, so we can cancel woke corporations. Yeah. We just can't cancel Nazi yeah. corporations. The, right. the magic, the magic of the market doesn't count. Right. It's, it's funny, you know. That's probably the biggest industry Florida has. Mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. It's, it's, you know, it's like Disney will be there. Was there long before? Oh well, uh, Disney was in California that, long before they were. Well, I'm talking about Florida. I mean, they've been oh, in Florida. I know. Long before fascists move in, right. moved well, in, well, and, and and long before the villages start their started at their oh, mate yeah, swapping, the villages, uh, for sure, their right? mate swapping clubs. <laughs> yes. uh, oh yeah, do you know it has the highest rate of of, of uh, STDs in the country? Uh, oh, the got a bunch of old, oh, old people. Yeah, well, they slap it around. around. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah they, anyway, if they, if they would only sheathe it. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on, what? Joe. Joe, don't oh, you want to go to a new? Don't gross. you want to? Don't you want to go to a new geriatric pool party? <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> you know, it's like Colbert said the other day. It's not where woke goes to die. Florida is where everything goes. To die. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, wow. Not me. No. Huh. Yeah. Go to one of those pool parties. I have no libido. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's oh. right. What do you think? Cocoon yeah. is real. That's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. That's right. That movie. 
Yeah, so uh, anyway, they've been there a long time, and they're going to be there a long time after uh, uh, the fascists move out of Florida or, you know, uh, Florida's Florida's underwater, uh, (laughs) which I I figure will be soon. So, uh, you know, it's like I used to say about when we used to have a change of administration in my bureau – and we used to say we're we're like uh, an iceberg, and uh, the new governor is like the dirt underneath. Like right. we're we slowly just roll right over you and crush you, <laughs> and we move on. <laughs> and we move on. Right. You know. I mean, the problem is you've got the Santos basically trying, or uh, the Republicans trying to ban the Democratic Party. Right. Um, and also, apparently, Ron DeSantis wants to make it legal for non-custodial parents. To kidnap their children um, if the custodial parent is allowing them to receive gender-affirming care. Right. So when is the Biden administration going to step up and say, hey, if you do this, we will destroy you? That's because right. that, that, is, that is not legal. You cannot, le- you cannot legalize illegal be- – you know, they're basically trying to make it legal to kidnap children. You think your child's in danger because the, their custodial parent is giving them gender-affirming care, and he wants to basically say, come to Florida. We'll protect you. Crazy. I know. It's crazy. But uh, back on topic here, Joy Reid had a little bit to say about, uh, about the uh, Dilbert cartoonist here. People don't even feel bad about their anti-blackness these days. They are grossly, actually kind of proud of it. Case in point, Dilbert, the widely syndicated comic strip about office culture that appeared in 2,000 newspapers around the world. You may be familiar with the comic, but maybe not its creator, Scott Adams. Frankly, I had no idea who the guy was. (laughs) Well, until he went on a racist rant on YouTube last Wednesday. I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. So I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. If you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not OK with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate. group. That's right. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. No, how will black folk ever survive without you, whoever you are? Okay, there is a lot to unpack there. The unabashed anti-blackness and racism, but also this country's long history of dubbing black people as the hateful, violent ones, while also exposing this weird offensive belief that white people need to get something out of helping others. And again, what has this guy ever done for anyone that's black? Anyway. Hundreds of newspapers, including the Washington Post, New York Times, Los Angeles Times, and USA Today, announced that they would stop publishing Dilbert after Adam's tirade. Also, that part the Dilbert guy mentioned about a poll, he was talking about a poll by Rasmussen Reports, the right-wing polling outfit, that found 53% of black Americans agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white. I mean, why would a poll even ask that? Oh, because it's Rasmussen, of course, the agenda-driven conspiracy theory-boosting pollster who loves to stir the pot in the culture war. The phrase, it's okay to be white, by the way, has been labeled a hate slogan by the Anti-Defamation League, a slogan popularized as a trolling campaign by members of 4chan. The poll also found that 66% of black Americans agree black people can be racist too. A poll, mind you, that they surveyed about a thousand people, exactly a thousand people, actually. Meaning, uh, sorry, how many black people said this? Well, if they go by population, that would be twelve. They they surveyed twelve black people. 
In a move that surprised no one, Twitter destroyed Elon Musk when he defended the Dilbert creator, saying that it's actually the media that's racist against whites and Asians. But a story about a cartoon creator becoming the voice of the great white male freakout doesn't end at Dilbert or even at Elon Musk. It ends, or rather begins, with white grievance politics potentially becoming U.S. federal policy. There you go. That's what they're trying to do. That's exactly what all these bills are. White grievance policies. Yep. Joe? Well, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Elon Musk didn't wasn't raised in a apartheid South Africa, was he? No. Oh, uh, just a little bit. All right, a little? Was he a white... Apart, yeah, he was uh, yes, Afrikaner, right? He was yes, Afrikaner, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. And uh, also, the uh, child of wealthy parents, uh, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't come yep. from poverty or anything. No, no. So he comes from an apartheid country, who subjected blacks uh, for centuries, and uh, now he can, now he's he's exported that to the United States. Or he, he would like to. That's Elon Musk. And I'm not Seems buying a Tesla. I'll never buy a Tesla. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what? I wouldn't either. You know what we used to say about Afrikaners back when we were divesting from the Krugerrand? Afrikaners are such bores. Hmm. Very funny. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you gotta you gotta crash Google to be able to figure that one out. Well, you know what? So much for Dilbert. The world's a better place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And uh, then uh, next little bit of news, uh, John Oliver uh, called out Fox News uh, for uh, this. The country and East Palestine, Ohio, got visits from both Donald Trump and Pete Buttigieg. But some Fox personalities insisted that others really should have been there, too. Think about the environmental activists and corporate America. They weren't there. I mean, this with the activists, this is an Aaron Brockovich moment. I mean, there was a blockbuster Oscar-winning movie written about something like this. Aaron Brockovich uh, is Leo actually DiCaprio? in East Palestine tonight, right she now. She is. Yeah. She is. She is. But where's Julia Roberts? Oh, oh my what? God! What are you talking about? Julia Roberts is an actor, right? She was pretending. She's not actually Erin Brockovich. Also, I can't believe I'm the one that has to break this to you. She didn't actually ruin her best friend's wedding. She's not a sex worker, and she did not die in a small Louisiana town in 1989. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Right, where was Julia Roberts? Why wasn't she there? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, then they're saying the Biden administration is doing anything. Yeah, because Mike DeWine won't return Joe Biden's phone calls. So fuck him. Right. I did. I did. And note. he was also he was also in Ukraine at the time. Mm, I did yeah, note. but the point is, when the president asks, "Is there anything I can do to help?" You return the fucking phone call. Yes. Yeah. Out of out of decency. Out of respect for the office. Right. Right. I did note this morning, apparently the Ohio State Police have uh, identified Aaron Brockovich by what they call a special interest terrorist because she's stirring up the pot trying to get people to maybe, maybe file a class action suit. 
she's good. But I'm just saying that that's pretty, you know, that's pretty heavy handed. But it uh, sure I did make note that we'll wait until the Julia Roberts movie about this comes out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Aaron Brockovich, uh, too. Electric Boogaloo. Right. And Joe Biden uh, uh, called out Fox News a little bit. Ask about the economy. You talk often about how the inflation, the rate of inflation has begun to slow. Unemployment now at its lowest level in 50 years. But you've also seen the polls. Our latest ABC News poll shows four in 10 Americans say they're worse off than when you were elected. Only 16% said they were better off. So why is that? Why aren't Americans feeling this? Well, look, I think it goes well beyond the economy. Think about it. You make the news. I mean, you interview for the news. Can you think of anything I turn on the television and go, God, that makes me feel good? Almost anything. Everything is in the negative. We're also finding out now that uh, one of the outlets has decided that they don't put things on they know to be false in order to uh, increase their ratings. So I think things are a little out of whack, and I don't blame people for being down. You know, when you had a year, two years of, uh, of the pandemic, kids out of school, uh, the mental health problems in the country are seriously increased, especially among young people. Some things are, for example, even feeling down about employment, they've got better jobs. They're making more money. Inflation is still higher than it should be. And, uh, you know, everything from gasoline prices to, a, to a, a war going on in Ukraine. I mean, so I can't think of a time when there's been greater uncertainty. Notwithstanding the fact we're created an 800,000 manufacturing job, we're better off than virtually any other major nation in the world economically. But it's understandable why people are just down. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes, thank you, Mr. President. But, uh, but why was, oh, why uh, was heads up, we have another train derailment yes. in, uh, in Ohio. In Ohio. Uh, in Ohio. Yeah, I heard about that this morning. Yep. So, so here's the thing I want people to keep in mind Same when you're talking company. about Ohio. Mm-hmm. Shock. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Here's the thing is that imagine if this had happened three, four years ago and it weren't a state, say, uh, what's a state that didn't vote for Schittler? Let's say Illinois, industrial mm. state, proud to be native born Illinois. And do, do you think, do you think Schittler would have given, you know, Governor Pritzker the time of day? Never did. Never no, did. I mean, there not. were so many derailments during his presidency. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying But I'm saying that if this had happened three or four years ago in a different, in a blue state, they would have been ignored. Biden is reaching out to this red state, even though Mike DeWine has been a total prick. Yep. Because you can't have the feds come in because then they might fix it. You know, and again, that's the thing is that. They have a vested interest in a bad result because also oh, the the CEO of that train company is a big donor to DeWine, so he's got course. his designs. And it's not the, the the point is that that railway doesn't run just through Ohio. Okay, so that guy that guy's places. got some other Republican governors on the hook too, all so. the way to Texas. Yes, indeed. But I I want to say something real quick about that clip with uh, Joe. Uh, you know, about the negativity out there, you know, there's, it's the subtle use of language, you know, that we hear about this ungodly number of uh, pounds or whatever of fentanyl being seized at the border. Mm -hmm. And that's framed as if that's supposed to be a bad thing. 
Right. Well, that's, that's the a thing. good thing. It's I a mean, good they, thing. They, they don't understand when I say they. I mean, not just the lying propaganda network, but it gets picked up by the rest of the media as if they don't know what the word seized means. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's just like the stupid. And so, the so stupid then everybody goes, "Oh, we're you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Look at all this stuff they're seizing at the border." Well, no, That's it's a good it's thing. It's not in. Yeah, it's, it's not in your community. Right. Well, I mean, look at look at you know Marjorie Taylor Greene blaming Biden for like the, these two was it her kids or something and somebody's kids who died from fentanyl overdose in 2020 when Biden wasn't president. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was but you also have to blame you also have to blame that hysterical mother because she's playing along with this. Mm-hmm. You know she she knows she's being used, and yet she still the Joe Biden killed my children mm, right. <laughs> because guess what she's going to end up on wingnut welfare just like all these other right wing pricks and mm. every business reporter or any time that there's reportage on any news outlet, whether it be print or otherwise, they got to make this disclaimer when they start talking about inflation. It's not just happening here in the United States. It's, it's a worldwide it's a phenomenon. Issue, right. And what Joe said, we are doing pretty damn well compared to the rest of the world that's suffering through this as well. Right. And that never gets resonated because, you know, the fix is in. We got to have another generation take over. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, it's just so stupid. Like, Trump was out, you know, oh, if I'm president again in four years, I'm going to stop all imports from China. Oh, really? If you talk to Wall Street about that? Yeah. <laughs> because, <okay>. um, hello. <laughs> you think he cares? He's convinced he knows better than everyone else. That's the problem when you're stupid. You're too stupid to know you're stupid. Yes. Is that before exactly. or after you you uh, uh, cancel your bank accounts there in China. Right. That's what I Exactly. Was. Right. And, and, and your uh, daughter give up her patents, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Joe, so Chris Jansing <laughs> was on with Phil Rucker talking about uh, one Ron DeSantis and Disney. Oh. So let's hear what they had to say. Governor Ron DeSantis isn't shy about putting the culture wars center stage in Florida, doing it again on Monday by signing a bill to revoke Disney's special self-governing status. And while he insists that the decision was all about fairness, he has also made it clear that the company's so-called woke agenda and their opposition to his don't say gay bill did play a part. You clearly had a movement within the corporation itself, of course, Burbank, California-based elements of it, that said it's their job or it's their goal to inject a lot of this sexuality into the programming for young kids. Those are not the values that we want to promote in the state of Florida. Uh, We want to promote uh, the safety of our students and uh, the rights of our parents. We believe being joined at the hip with this one California-based company was not something that was justifiable or sustainable. And so we said we're going to do something about it. I want to bring in Phil Rucker, deputy national editor for The Washington Post and an MSNBC political analyst. So let's talk about the risk reward factor. What's the calculation that Ron DeSantis is making here? 
Well, Chris, Governor DeSantis over the last couple of years, and especially in the last six months or so, has tried to pick um, some of these cultural battles in Florida as a way to communicate his own values uh, to a national Republican audience as he thinks about running for president. So this fight with Disney um, is exhibit A, but you can also look at his agenda on schools, on education, on the AP uh, African-American studies course. It's been one issue after another where he's tried to stake out uh, sort of ground, a position uh, on the conservative right as a way to appeal uh, to a national uh, audience of, of sort of hard right Republican voters who he knows are going to be so influential in a presidential primary next year. Without a doubt, but clearly as he touts this record in Florida, he's done it in his book. He's been traveling. Yeah. He's going to be traveling some more. I mean, if he got the nomination, then what? I mean, how does that set of facts help him win a presidency? Well, look, I mean, it would be very difficult, I think, for him to win over more mainstream independent voters purely on this cultural agenda. But I, I assume that he's going to be looking to play up uh, more palatable aspects of his governing record in Florida, to point to the economy uh, in the state of Florida, to point to the way he's handled uh, other other aspects, uh, that, you know, on his on his record as governor and really try to draw a contrast with President Biden, assuming uh, Biden seeks reelection. Um, that's a, a contrast that I I know the DeSantis people uh, and the Republican Party generally um, are eager uh, to try to frame for voters. But the challenge for DeSantis on. is going to try to make himself appeal uh, to the general election audience as more than just a cultural warrior. There you go, Joe. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, we'll see if that uh, crosses the Mason-Dixon Mason line. Yeah. So <laughs> we exact. Get on. Yes. So uh, we, we saw the reception he got in New York, right? Yeah, right. You know, everybody, uh, everybody, uh, a lot of people uh, compare DeSantis as being a Yui Long. But I got to tell you, there's a big difference between DeSantis and Yui Long. People really liked Yui Long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let's go see what's happening down in the clown car garage. Okay. Way down here in Florida. We made an awful error You see, we let the teachers run the schools They seem to think that children should be taught as if they're people From varied types of ethnic groups Those fools People don't like liberals who go round Claiming that they're more woke than you or me. Now here's a tip. What you teach matters less than the thought that my parental rights were oppressed. Learning has never been less important. So you are not allowed to say gay girl you know you're gonna get cancelled if you disobey <laughs> a little less queer a lot more straight a little less woke a lot more hate a little less thought a lot more prayer a little more kissing the santa's derriere Air. 
no one's gonna tell us how to write our history We cut a few things out so we could keep it a mystery No one's gonna sneak in any CRT Or any other books into our library No one's gonna challenge our self-esteem Cause we're fragile and we're whiter than sour cream And we're gonna keep Florida white Even if that incites the right to fight You cannot say gay And if you're married you better just keep your spouse far away a little less brown, a lot more white A little less loose and more uptight A little less dressing up like fruits But a lot more Ron DeSantis fuck me boots Oh, I look nice. You don't. Everybody's worried that they'll get disenfranchised It's something that will happen when your state gets desantized We all know that as a presidential contender I'll continue to attack those who are gay and transgender I swear we're not as racist as the KKK But you really wouldn't know it from the things we say right? The less we have to sell, the harder we sell it The less we have to say, the louder we yell it The dumber the act, the bigger the confession The less we have to show, the larger we dress it You gotta shut up, you better not up and say gay there you go. That was good. <laughs> so, Joe, mm. what's happening down in the clown car garage? Well, this Monday, uh, I guess you all know, Ron DeSantis. Uh, leading the anti-woke uh. army against the invading forces of the evil Magic Kingdom, signed a bill giving him the power to run Disney's special district board with appointees that uh, to the board that he handpicked. Now, By, well, of course he did, right? <laughs> yes, with the power of the the new bill, he now has appointed five. Uh, from what I see, are former Nazi Nazi. Death Camp Guards Okay To oversee the new Barbed Wire theme park Ah, okay Yes uh, You see, in Florida Freedom of speech Has one condition It must agree With Ron DeSantis Pretty much Yes And since Disney Chose to speak out Last year Against Benito DeSantis uh, In his Don't say gay policy They must now Pay the price Okay So buckle up, Mickey And don't even think about transitioning to Minnie. Right. Because <laughs> there's a new sheriff in town, and there's no way he will allow you to play on Disney's girls' softball team. Okay, right. That's not going to happen. Last year, the clown car gave you a preview of the DeSantis world, the newly renovated version of Disney World with a distinctive fascist flavor. Right. I remember that, yeah. Yes, and now that DeSantis has control, there will be new rights. Oh, and innovations that he hopes will attract the white supremacists and Tiki Torch anti-Semites that reflect his vision of freedom in America. Oh, okay. That's right. So more Tinkerbells and no more Tinkerbells in Santa Claus, DeSantis world, because this is a world that will be run by a big goofy. Pretty much, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who's stepping goofy? Yes, Jack booted. Goof. <laughs> and and the clown car update has an exclusive preview of the new attractions he's planning. Uh, there are attractions that white, straight Christian Americans can begin to enjoy as soon as his pants or tanks can clear the area. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> now, 
here's some some of the rides you might want to go on. Um, uh, Justice, I think you'll like this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a white, white world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no more it's a small world crap, right? To corrupt your children with illusions of diversity. Right. This new ride will take you and your children on a tour of the whitest countries of the world. Wow. They will see the children of Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Iceland, and Greenland sing their now universally recognized tune. You might have heard it. We're the master race after all. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. A song that celebrates the beauty of a world that is blonde and blue-eyed. This one, this is one of DeSantis' world's most popular rides. But don't let the long lines bother you, because if you're white, you go right to the express line. Uh, right. You know what? Mm, I think... Right. I think uh, no, no. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No, ma'am. No, sirree. No. Mm, right. I don't think I'll ride I that guess. one. Yeah, I, I actually heard that uh, they they floated uh, the name a different name, but yours yours is a lot more succinct. They were thinking about calling it the uh, "It's a small, small, small Fourth Reich." Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, by yes. the way, does uh, Elon Musk get to go to the first in on the the front of the line in that ride? Because there's nobody more white than him. <laughs> no, nobody. <laughs> if you ever seen him with his shirt off, even his nipples are white. <laughs> oh, God. They're going to have the uh, Blood Emerald Mining Town. <laughs> I think he runs that, that ride. Right. Anyway. Uh, okay, you might like the... Uh, oh, this one you might really like. The Slave Ships of the Caribbean. Okay. Oh, oh no. Yes. Join the newly kidnapped people of Africa as they happily row their way on white slave galleons to their new world homes in the colonies. Ah. Join in as they happily sing shanties, celebrating their joy in a, at a new life, serving on the plantations of their benevolent new owners. Mm. Leave your critical race theory at the door because this is not the 1619 Project. That's right. <laughs> this is American history. The way white people wrote it. Mm. No. I got I to gotta <laughs> tell you, I worked at Disneyland in Anaheim, and some of these rides aren't too far off what they were really thinking about having. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm worried about my mind now, Justice. I really am. No, I'm just saying, calling, uh, mm. calling Disney or Disneyland, Disney World, uh, woke and liberal. I don't know. I know. You got to be a real Nazi to think that. I know. No, it's knowing its background, right? (laughs) Uh, You might like this one. Here, this is for all the sci-fi guys. Maybe you'll like this one, uh, Adam. Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars. Mm -hmm. Right? This ride is DeSantis World's tribute to border security as the governor lures unsuspecting immigrants into a large space barge. And sends them to the red planet. Right along as the happy immigrants look forward to their new jobs they were promised by drilling water for water ice beneath the surface of the planet. This ride can be too intense for some people, so you may want to consider just joining in as a recruiter. Luring unsuspecting immigrants into the spacecraft with free t-shirts that say, it's a cookbook. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, also, don't miss it's this attraction. <laughs> don't miss this attraction. Dino Sue. Dino Sue. Do you know okay. Dino Sue? No. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah, yes. It is it, uh, stand in the shadow of an incredible replica 
of the most complete T-Rex fossil ever found. She was a male T-Rex who transitioned to female and as a result became extinct. Located in the new dead animals kingdom, this is the perfect way to teach your children what can happen if they want to change from their gender assigned assignment at birth. Okay. And as a reminder, DeSantis wants our guests to be aware of the new rules of the park. Oh. You might want to write these down because you don't want to get caught at the gate. First of all, no wheelchairs, walkers, canes, or other walking assistants will be permitted on the premises. We don't want you slowing up our ambulatory guests. Oh, okay. Okay. No woke apparel with offensive sayings like Black Lives Matter or rainbow patterns promoting the LGBTQ plus agenda. So much for gay days. This sounds like the original Disneyland. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, you know, uh, Justice, as I was writing this, my wife (laughs) said that exact same thing. You know, you're describing Disney. Okay. There used to be a time where you couldn't come in with a blocked haircut. It had to be tapered, and I kid you not. I I know. Uh, All women of menstruating age must present evidence of their last period. Okay. This this can include a carbon dated tampon. Oh God. or a Florida-approved doctor's note that you have not had an abortion. Right, okay. <laughs> oh. you know, they they have like a, a bank right on the main street, so they probably could have the drop-off right next to the bank maybe. Yeah, right at the, the deposit thing, yeah. Uh, oh, and if you're a non-white guest, please use the non-white entrance at the gate to the South African apartheid kingdom. Uh, it's at the rear of the park. Ah, okay. You know, there's yeah, one more yeah. in there, Joe, too, right? One more. Huh? New, there's there's one more new rule there. You know what that what rule is? is? That? Every hour on the hour, they unveil a statue of Ron DeSantis, and everyone in the park has to go. Seek violence! Seek violence! Seek violence! Seek violence! Right? <laughs> yes. And All right. I want you to know who who runs the South African apartheid kingdom. Oh, okay. I think you know him. Mm. He runs Twitter too. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and while you're here, stay at one of our fine on-property resorts like the Dead Dolphin, mm. or our exclusive White Cracker, <laughs> and save time in line by getting pre-screened for gay before you arrive. Ron DeSantis wants you to enjoy the real American experience at his new DeSantis World, the whitest, straightest place on earth. There you go, right? <laughs> Yes, that was great, Joe. That was great. Mm. It's supposed to be a joke, but it's pretty spot on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And uh, <laughs> like Justice, my Barbara was saying to me, "You you do realize that that is Disney, right? <laughs> right." DeSantis, DeSantis could just argue he's just doing what the founder originally intended, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, that. Neo Nazi, right? Well, I guess he wasn't a neo Nazi, was he? He was a real no. Nazi. Yeah, there was no neo about him. I mean, no talking, neo. You, know, you know what the four four square church is? I mean, you got to that's pretty damn conservative. Let's just put yeah. it that way. What did you know? No, uh, no boogie woogie to jazz. You better do the four square dance. Yeah. Well, mm. my my friends who lived down in Florida told me that uh, 
that Ron DeSantis sends out mailers to everyone's homes talking about these big color photos of him and what a wonderful governor he is and how he's just the, the he's he's the greatest savior of Florida ever. <laughs> oh. They they call him Il Duce. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know how you know how he ended up. It wasn't a statue. Right. <laughs> nope, he had a he had a little bit of a hang up at the end. Didn't yeah, just a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Right. Did, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that was great, Joe. That was great. Wow. So and then uh moving on, we got a little bit of news about uh Rupert Murdoch's uh his uh deposition, right? <laughs> Yeah, Fox has pretty much lost that lawsuit. I'm surprised that a summary judgment hasn't been requested because yes. it's pretty clear. Yeah, well, Don Don Lemon and Caitlin Collin were discussing this with Sarah Fisher over on CNN. Sarah, I'm going to ask you uh, this: Some of Fox's biggest names called out by their boss in this filing. As someone who has followed the case, what was your first thought? <laughs> Well, my first thought is that this is particularly damning because if you look at the Dominion lawsuit, what it's alleging is that Fox knew intentionally that lies were being spewed and they did nothing to stop them. And when they say Fox, it's not just the personalities, Don. It's the people who govern the network. It's Rupert Murdoch, the chairman of the network. It's Suzanne Scott, the CEO. And so I think what's important to note here is that this testimony, this defamation testimony gives Dominion's lawsuit a lot of weight. And legal experts like Ellie will tell you, you know, it's a pretty compelling case. Typically with media and defamation cases, the First Amendment covers them pretty broadly. It's tough to make a case like that. But in this one, I think that the plaintiffs have something really going on here that could be strong. She invoked your name, Ellie. <laughs> Can we ask you about that? <laughs> she, she makes a great point because the bar is really high for defamation in terms of a media organization. But this takes it even further because this is Dominion asking for a summary judgment. And that is, we think the evidence is so compelling here, we don't even think this needs to go to trial. Right. They're asking the judge to rule in their favor before a jury even sees it. Now, yeah. that's a long shot. But Sarah's right. I mean, the First Amendment is very broad, especially for media organizations. But it's not without limit. The line here, the legal line, is what we call actual malice. We get that from a Supreme Court case from 1964 involving the New York Times. And that means the plaintiffs here at Dominion... They have to show, right, Sullivan, very good, Poppy. It seems like you went to law school. But it's like the <laughs> basis for this argument. Sullivan, yeah, exactly. So, so the Sullivan. plaintiff has to show either that there was an intentional lie told or that reckless a lie was told disregard. with reckless disregard for the truth. I mean, think about the words that we now see Fox News anchors and executives using to describe the election fraud claim. Ludicrous, crazy, nuts, insane, BS. I mean, it really doesn't get much more clear than that. Yeah. And against even, you know, the perception of what was being said on text and emails and what was actually being said publicly, Sarah, what I'm interested in is the defense here, because the lawyers are arguing that it did not amount to defamation because they say the host did not actually endorse the falsehoods. But Rupert Murdoch tested in his deposition said that, yes, that some of them, the ones that we just played the clips from, did actually endorse them. He says that they did endorse. So how does that work uh, based against what they're actually arguing in court? I think it's just a weak defense, Caitlin. And if you talk to folks, I have sources inside Fox and the C-suite level, they'll tell you that they think that they're going to likely lose this case. And that's because of this discrepancy that you called out. Now, they might say that there was a newsworthiness in covering what Donald Trump was saying, but there's a clear difference in newsworthiness versus peddling and having the people who are peddling these lies on your show. You saw with those Janine Pirro interviews 
with Sidney Powell, Donald Trump's lawyer, even the fact that they booked her to let her spew these types of lies, knowing that that was what she was going to say, in my opinion, I'm not, you know, a lawyer in this case, to me seems like a little bit more of an endorsement than just observing what Donald Trump is saying and reporting the news. But Sarah, you're hearing from sources, they think that they're going to lose this? Yeah. I am hearing that. And look, I think that Rupert Murdoch's deposition, which was unsealed yesterday, kind of concedes that. And Fox's lawyer, if you take a look at what Fox's chief policy officer said and legal officer said yesterday, the uh, plaintiff asked, the lawyers asked, do you think Fox had a responsibility to tell the truth here? And he said yes. I mean, you have your own executives admitting that there was a discrepancy between what the hosts were saying, what they knew, what was being aired, and what the responsibility was. I don't see how any person with their right mind can look at this and say that this is going to be easy for Fox to win. Yes, if they lose, what is it? What is it? One point six billion dollars. Yeah, yeah one point six. That's only in the. That's only in the. Uh the damage uh, uh, request yep. that yeah, is that does not include what the jury could give him in punitive damage. Yeah, yeah. right. Which well, is in addition to that, it but, could run four billion. But do you think it they'll could ever, put them out of business? Do you think they'll? I ever, think that would be wonderful. Oh yeah, that would be like. A, yeah. One day you turn on your TV but, and there's no more Fox News. <laughs> but, short, but short of that, isn't there, I mean, through the civil trial and all that is divulged, isn't there a uh, federal communications uh, thing that that's being violated? I mean, they're supposed to be doing things for the public good. And not when you have an entertainment instead of a news license. Yeah, but they're called an entertainment network. They're not called news. No, they're classified with the FCC. As an entertainment right. network, not a news network. Right. Right. So um, I don't know. So, you think James hmm. Comer? You think James Comer had a meltdown over uh, AT and T, Directv mm. dropping uh, Newsmax? Wait till <laughs> wait till they get up one morning and there's no more Fox News. <laughs> well, they're, they're right. already whining about it. Oh wow. No, uh, but you know, they're of course it's all the victimhood. We're we're the terrible liberal elites forcing our values down their throats. Yes. Well I, I, I have what? to say it couldn't happen to a finer group of people. No <laughs> kidding. Right? You know? Wow. Wow. About time. Yeah. And then uh, the morning joke crew had a little bit to say about CPAC. What DeSantis is doing, his book is out today. He's on a book tour. And you're right that Bolsonaro will be at, at CPAC this week. So, um, Jen, what's your assessment of what's going on here? We know it's likely not the allegations against Matt Schlapp. By that standard, they would have walked away from Donald Trump a long time ago if sexual misconduct bothered them that much. So is it just that CPAC has become such a Star Wars bar in recent years that they don't <laughs> want to be a part of it? Um, I think a lot of them would get booed. Mm. Right. Like if Mike Pence shows up at CPAC, like what is going to happen? You know, what's going to happen to him? If Mitch McConnell showed up at CPAC. I think he would get booed, too. Yeah. So I think hey, that um, some of them are probably concerned about that. And then also just if it is if it is going to be such a Trump home game, it's a little bit humiliating. I mean, I've been in presidential campaigns where you're where you're working for underdogs and you want to have them present something new. And DeSantis is definitely you know, he is definitely doing that. He is not. I don't think he's going to glove for cup. Glub for Club for growth. Again, it's easy for me to say. But he is, you know, he's he's got a MAGA. He's the only one that has a true MAGA record to run on, and uh, you know, he's playing his 
Yeah, he's playing his own game. So several of the potential presidential candidates this time around will attend the Club for Growth donor retreat this week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former VP Mike Pence, both considering a run, will be there, as well as Nikki Haley, Senators well, Tim Scott, Ted be. Cruz, Rick Scott, along That's with New Hampshire Governor is. Chris Sununu, also will make appearances. Club for Growth has declined to invite former President Trump to the gathering. Oh. According to the group's president, he <laughs> wants to introduce Republican donors to other possibilities, saying, quote, the party should be open to another candidate. Interesting journey for Club for Growth, John, over the last several years. All in with Donald Trump, sort of changed who they were and what they were about to fall in line with him. But now saying they don't really believe he can win or that he's not the future of the party. Yeah, it's such a split screen here with CPAC being the Trump show and Club for Growth not even letting Trump come. Uh, one last note on CPAC. We to see how Nikki Haley is received, who is she is the one announced candidate who's in. Talk about someone who might face some booze there if they feel like she has been not uh, sufficiently loyal to Donald, point, to, to, to Donald Trump. Um, and then Club for Growth is trying to steer, obviously, the party in another direction, at least for now. If, if Donald Trump, I think we all suspect that if Trump emerges as the heavyweight, uh, if perhaps the CPAC speech launches a renewed campaign, if he is able to fend off these challengers, um, I'm, one assumes the Club for Growth would hop right back on. Um, <laughs> but the DeSantis thing uh, is, the, is the, the shadow over all of this, where, right, at least for now, the anti-Trump movement has coalesced around DeSantis, though he's more in theory than in practice. He's done what he's done in Florida. Totally unclear whether that will play on the national stage, but he seems to have plenty of Fox News support right now, uh, Joe. And, and that is going to be in the days ahead as we see Trump with CPAC and then DeSantis and others at the Club for Growth gathering. Just what does that tell us about where this Republican Party is right now? Still a long way from the election, but important first steps. Q321 on True Social. Club for Shrink has got meatball run. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's a great one. Oh, Club for Shrink. Well, uh, I they they still love them. Their Trump though. Uh, straw poll at CPAC has sixty two percent Trump greatly. Uh, you know, over DeSantis. Well, there was but hardly anybody there. I was going right. to say that the reason it was a straw poll is because there was no people. They had to pick up the straws on the tables. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, them into pieces. I saw the, the yeah. camera pans of the audience <laughs> that the room was like maybe 15% full, empty seats everywhere. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of empty seats. I think that was an exaggeration. Yeah. yeah. Well, did, did you see, did you see though, uh, when Trump spoke, all the seats were full? And Ron just turned to me and yeah. said, they, they hired people to go sit in those seats. Sure, no, <laughs> I got a bus and filled it up and brought them in. I actually made mention that uh, if you take out the 75 paid actors on that straw poll, he's still got about 100 right. votes. So. Right, there you go. <laughs> Whoopee. Yes. Yeah, the 200 who showed up. Yes, yeah. well, uh, so, so Jimmy Kimmel, I thought, had the perfect response to the news about Trump. Trump's attempt to censor him when he was in the White House, right? Did you guys see this, Joe? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, we had great. some crazy, crazy weather here. I woke up on Sunday, a huge piece of lattice had flown off my roof and onto my car. And that wasn't even the number one weirdest thing that happened. I had like 80 texts when I woke up sending me this article from Rolling Stone. It says, uh, Trump White House pressured Disney to censor Jimmy Kimmel. Now, Disney is the company that owns ABC, our network, and Jimmy Kimmel is me. So obviously I was interested in seeing what it was. But according to the story, in 2018, Donald Trump, who was at that time president of the United States, was so upset about my jokes 
that I made about him, he directed his staffers at the White House to call Disney to tell them to rein me in. The report says at least two calls were made from the Trump White House to, quote, convey the president's anger regarding Kimmel's monologues and jabs. In other words, President Karen demanded to speak to my manager. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think the guy who fathered Eric and Don Jr. would know how to handle jokes, but I guess not. The article says news of these calls spread around the corridors of power in Washington. (laughs) Wow, what a plot twist. The first time Donald Trump ever tries to stop someone from talking about him on television, and it's me. (laughs) Usually when he wants somebody to stop talking about him, he pays them $130,000, but (laughs) he wanted me to do it for nothing. I wonder what it was specifically that sparked his uh, trumper tantrum. I wonder what it was he found so objectionable. I don't know. Maybe it was the time I had Stormy Daniels look at a plate of carrots and to size them up, and she picked the little one. I don't know. Maybe it was one of the nicknames. uh, I went, it's going through, uh, like, uh, Tanny Soprano, Nostra Dumbass, Emperor Palpatini Hands, Mara Lardo, King Tutankhamen, the Hydroxy Horror Picture Show, Pumpkin McCornhumper. Grab-ass grandpa, orange Julius Caesar, Caludicus, Flabio, Freddy Krueger, the Tandalorian, Wilder Woods, Qadon, Dictator Tot. Give me, I only have, I only have a hundred more, okay? Quid pro comb over, Uncle Scam, Fibaracci, the one Terminator, Chocolate Mussolini, YMCA hole, the recount of Monte Cristo. Daddy Bone Spurs or George Washington, maybe that was the one. Wow, what a fragile little snowflake. What a blowhard. He's a blowhard and a snowflake. He's a blowflake is what he is. He should change the hats to say, make America wine again, Mawa, because when you think of all the people I regularly make fun of, it's a lot of people. The only two who've tried to stop me are Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene, who actually called the cops on me. I'm in front of OJ a thousand times. He hasn't tried to kill me once. And this guy, Donald Trump, all he does is make fun of, he makes fun of disabled journalists. He makes fun, he calls our veterans prisons of of war, even losers. He insults his opponents, his friends, his family. But if I point out that he's so fat they renamed the plane Air Force Wonder Bread, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's, maybe, you know what? Maybe this is why Donald and Melania sleep in separate bedrooms. She was laughing too hard at my monologue at night. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, Donald, my God. So I want funny. diverse. What's that, Adam? I was saying, I was going to tell you a Donald, I want diverse. Diverse. Divorce. <laughs> because she can't speak English well. Right, right. She's an idiot. Yeah, oh, God, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, and just, just this whole charade of these committee hearings about how totalitarian Biden has been and the weaponization of his DOJ and the White House, all levers of government. And it's just ignoring absolute. Well, you're right. It's not ignoring it. It's throwing up the smoke screen, doing the gish gallop stuff so that when you point out, you know, the hundred or so things that Trump did for every 
quarter of what Joe supposedly did. And I use Joe as a term of affection. I know I should be more respectful and call him <laughs> Mr. President Joe. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing Why is- would you call Joe Santoris the Mr. President? <laughs> waka, waka, waka. Waka, waka, waka. There you go. Uh, yeah, but so I mean, you know, I mean, it's just your 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 social media friend Joe Dan Goldman. I mean, he he was brilliant in those weaponization hearings, just oh, shutting him fantastic. down. Fantastic, just yeah, well, shutting the bullshit down, man. He he called their bluff. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I think that this is. You know, the hand of Hakeem Jeffries is involved in this, too. So I think oh, so, man. too. Oh, uh, yeah. Goldman and, and Jeffries were very close during the impeachment hearings. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think that they're, they, they've got a strategy that – and they're poker players. They're not showing their hand. But they called, they called uh, uh, the bluff of these, you know – well, I mean, the thing is, they, is that they brought they're, in these. They're left stammering. They brought in these supposed three FBI whistleblowers yeah. who were all like <laughs> no longer with the FBI because it either been fired or retired. <laughs> and then it turns out that they're just, just, they, they don't, Looney you know, tunes. it's just Looney Tunes. And right. like the one, like someone falsely on reported that one of the right wingers falsely reported that Joe Biden had cancer and he tweeted, cancer, move faster or something like that. I mean, just dreadful. Dreadful people. And then, you know, they were, Jim Jordan's plan was to cherry pick what they had to say for a hearing. And the Democrats just came out and published the whole thing and said, here it is. <laughs> yeah. That's what you got to do with, with somebody like Jordan. He's an idiot. Right. You know, just I mean, call and then, bluff. oh, my God. It's just they're, 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 they just don't know what they're doing. They just keep stepping on the clown car on their own. Well, somebody told Jordan and others like, well, we're not going to make these hearings public because they're really not ready for prime time. You put it up against what, you know, just, you know, I some people question whether we should have had as great uh, production values that the committee had. Right. Because, you know, it was, but it was made for TV. That that was the whole idea. Right. And the it Republicans thought that Saturday they could Night match. Live. They thought that they could match it. And they're being told, no, no, you better. It's going to blow up in our face more than it is already. If we yeah, put this for the for the American public to see. Well, they're just making them look like idiots, you know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're making themselves look like idiots. Is what it is. Exactly. And and <laughs> once American public sees us, that, let's be honest here. Sorry, Adam. What was it? They don't need any help from us to look like idiots. Let's right. be honest yeah. here. Yeah, that's right. 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 And uh, speaking of which, uh, Morning Joe, we're talking about when uh, Merrick Garland went before the uh, Senate. Oh, right. But anyway, can you believe that insurrectionists that were trying to overthrow American democracy? can sit up in front of Merrick Garland, a guy who's dedicated his life to the rule of law, and be self-righteous, Willie? What a joke. It it was quite a display, and since we've started in on it, we might as well show. This is the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing yesterday where you had, as you point out, many of the very people who cheered on the attack of January 6th, who cheered on the overturning of the 2020 election, even after the attack, by the way, voted for that putting Attorney General Merrick Garland in the hot seat yesterday on a variety of issues. Here's some of what happened yesterday. I have to say I'm deeply disappointed in what the last two years have shown. In my judgment, the Department of Justice has been politicized to the greatest extent I've ever seen in this country. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it oh, has done a discredit to the proof. Department of Justice, to the FBI, and to the administration of law in this country. I also want to at least respond to your characterization of the department, which sure. I vigorously disagree with. I believe the men and women of the department pursue their work every single day in a nonpartisan and an appropriate General way. General Garland. When rioters descended at the homes of six Supreme Court justices, night <laughs> after night after night, you did nothing. Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent hey, 70 United States Marshals. Why are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this, in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. When you issued uh, your directive, when you directed your criminal divisions oh, and your counterterrorism divisions to um, to investigate parents who were angry at school boards, I did not do that. I did not issue any memorandum directing the investigation of parents who were concerned about their children. The memorandum was aimed at violence and threats of violence against a whole host of school personnel. It was not aimed at parents making complaints to their school board. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? No, the Justice Department does not do that. How many informants do you have in Catholic churches across America? I don't know, and I don't believe we have any informants aimed at Catholic churches. Does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? <laughs> Our department um, is, uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have... Uh, any a bias against any religion of any kind. Decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by FBI agents. So you're saying you don't know? I'm, I'm saying what I just said. That Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States. You are in charge and of the Justice the Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. Yeah. So give me an answer. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Oh, what? Joe, we got to start with the acting. Oh, it's just, <laughs> oh my God. You know, I was just thinking, it, it, the, the, Willie, we, the acting, we, I'm so glad you picked up on that because as I was looking at this, I was thinking, I really think that Morning Show should do, I think, a service to all of these members. We can play the Sarah McLaughlin tune into the arms of an angel right? <laughs> and say for five dollars for yeah. just five dollars you can contribute to people who are insurrectionists against the united states of america uh who tried to overthrow a democratic election and help them with acting lessons because i must Stavsky say method. i must say by the way here we have these three these three populists <laughs> The guy's screaming, and again, some of the worst acting oh, I've, I've I'm, seen. I'm still about um, to. But anyway, you've got, a, the first guy was a Princeton boy, uh -huh. who I think he went to Harvard Law School. And then you had the corn pone guy, the Oxford boy who voted for John Kerry. And then you had 
Josh Hawley screaming, the insurrectionists. Oh, wow. the oh, look at the this chart. Graphic? I love this. <laughs> and then you had, you had, uh, they don't have the Oxford boy. I'm though. embarrassed for you Ivy. Had the Oxford boy. <laughs> and then you had Josh Hawley, who went Yale undergrad and then Stanford Law School. And they're all screaming and yelling, doing their populist nonsense. But I mean, this is this is very good. But we need we need just Oxford. If we can do one that just has uh, members who went to Oxford um, and voted for John Kerry and play right wing populist, that would be Frank great. Walters. Maybe we can we can work on that one too. But first of that all, that was so bad. Ted yelling oh. about the most politicized Department of Justice ever. <laughs> Following Donald Trump's <laughs> Justice Department and Barr, who played again, who who just played Donald Trump's lackey until the very end when he decided, well, I need to get out and write a book about how I saved, how I won the war. It's really, it's mind-boggling. And then you got, you know, these guys pick up things off the internet, and they actually have the temerity to act shocked and then ask Mary Garland, do you take long guns after little children? Like, what are they doing? This is like, this is like, uh, who's who's the oldest Republican ever in? in, in Strom Thurmond? No, well, it's not Strom, he's Chuck dead. Grassley. Well, I thought you meant in history. Grassley. Grassley. Yeah. Grassley. Grassley. Okay. What is it with these people going, oh, they, they're, they're taking AR-15, so they're kicking down doors and shooting people. Now Josh Hawley says they're doing that to Catholics. Like, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Oh. That they're, yeah, that, that, that they're doing this, Willie. But again, you had Donald Trump. <laughs> not one of them complained when Donald Trump was pushing his attorney general hmm. to arrest his political opponent and their family two weeks before the presidential election. And, and these are the people that led the insurrection against the United States government from within the legislative branch. And they're the ones that are the most shocked and stunned. Like, what a joke. There you go. What a joke, right. indeed. Before we go on, I just want to talk about this because they're talking about you know anti-Catholic bias. You want to know where the real anti-Catholic bias is? And I speak as someone who, when I lived in Alabama, I couldn't admit that I was an atheist because that might get me killed. So I would tell people my family is Catholic. Um, evangelicals absolutely hate Catholics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And evangelicals just happen to be the backbone of the modern Republican Party. Right. So don't talk to me about anti-Catholic bias, you fuckers. You don't care. You know. What they're talking about is that Bill Barr and others are Opus Dei freaks. Right. Right. And and, uh, they're sort of being held to account for that. And uh, but, you know, it's a lot of people have never heard of Opus Dei. The issue with the, you know, Catholic majority of the Supreme Court is they are substituting their extreme religious beliefs for the law. Right. That's the exactly. Issue. Not that they're Catholic, not that they're Catholic, but because they are using their position to enforce their twisted Catholic morality upon the entire country. The Taliban is doing the same thing in, in Afghanistan. So we have very, you know, like I, said, I call them the American Taliban. But again, there is there is no hate quite like evangelical love 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, this well, is all they were doing. You know, they were trying to make themselves look like, oh, I'm such a big man, you know. And <laughs> you got Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Lucifer in the flesh. Right? <laughs> you know. That's offensive yeah. to Lucifer. Right. You know, I mean, it's just, oh, my God. And, and all it was was just to make clips for Fox News. That's all that was. Well, yeah. Sure. That's all there was. Right wing media. Yeah. Yep. And then Trump released a song on Friday. <laughs> right. Oh. Are you really going to make me listen to this again? Oh, no. We'll, we'll let Joy Reid tell us about it. It was a creed written into the founding documents that declared the destiny of the nation. Yes, we can. It was whispered by slaves and abolitionists as they blazed the trail toward freedom. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Y'all surely remember that iconic 2008 song from the Black Eyed Peas frontman, Will I Am, where he took a speech from then-candidate Barack Obama and created this cultural phenomenon. It actually won Will I Am a number of awards and appeared to help Obama's ascension to the White House. And mind you, Obama was not even involved in its production. It was criticized by conservatives. I mean, mainly because for so long, those on the right have wanted to be able to tap into the culture of this country and <laughs> failed at it time and time again. Take, for instance, Ben Carson. Right. <laughs> who during his 2016 presidential run, worked with rapper Aspiring Mogul <laughs> to try to recreate that Obama magic for himself. <laughs> And support Ben Carson for our next president and be awesome. America became a great nation early on, not because it was flooded with politicians, but because it was the value of personal responsibility. It's, it's the flute for me and be awesome. Okay, well, we all witnessed how well that worked out for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just last year, in his re-election campaign, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, oh yeah, he brought in the big guns, working with Leonard Skinner's Johnny Van Zandt to release this ditty. You can take it to the bank, he don't care what Brandon thinks at the White House. Yes, fighting for the right to keep our state free. At least he didn't try to rhyme something with Fauci. Is it, is it possible to be embarrassed on someone's behalf? Oh, anyway, I don't know about you. But I think Van Zandt should probably stick to sweet home Alabama. But of course, there yeah. is one person on the right, more than any other, that has yearned for acceptance from every aspect of our culture. And that would be none other than, you guessed it, Donald Trump. And yes, there have been a number of songs produced about him. He made a cameo in a 2013 music video for Azerbaijani Russian pop star Emin Agalarov. That name may sound familiar because it was Agalarov's publicist who claims to have arranged that infamous 2016 Trump Tower meeting between members of Trump's campaign and a Russian lawyer. But I digress. It seems today we are witnessing, for the first time, Trump collaborating on a song. And he had to go to a D.C. jail to find his backup singers. The song called Justice for All. Features Trump reciting the Pledge of Allegiance while, get this, a group of about 20 January 6th insurrectionists called the J6 Prison Choir sing the Star Spangled Banner. Reports say the choir recorded it over a jailhouse 
a jailhouse phone. And no, I'm not making this up. It's really happened. Take a listen. <laughs> You see the little hashtag? Take six PC. Unlike his most previous commercial venture, you remember those digital trading cards of him dressing up as an astronaut and an extra from the show Yellowstone, which seemed to solely benefit himself. Forbes reports that any profits from this chart topper will supposedly benefit the families of people imprisoned before attacking the Capitol on January yeah, 6th. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. Let's see if they ever get that uh-huh. money. Yeah, right. So, you know, not to the actual victims of January 6th, including the countless police officers injured by Trump supporters, some of whom are maybe in the choir, but for the families of those who perpetrated the attack. I guess it's not too surprising, given that on the day of the attack, Trump told some of those very same people that they were loved and very special. I'm also sure Trump has found a way to get his piece of the action, too. Nominations for the 2023 Grammys will be announced on November 15th. And something (laughs) tells me if Trump's name is not mentioned, he will surely claim that the process was rigged. Because this song, this song, like himself, is surely a winner. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And when I saw that, I said, oh, my God, I have to fix that. to the flag of the United States of America. Shut up! Right? <laughs> oh. That's the way I felt when I heard that. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Really? Really? I just, when I, when I, when I, I want to know what it, sort of prison this war, the, the warden is, is running there because, uh, you know, clearly he, his prisoners are out of control if they were allowed to do this. Right. I don't care if they're never going to see a dime of that money. The point is, is that if those people were black or they were Antifa and they were being, you know, in this was a different prison, they would never been able to record something over the phone. Right. To well, make money with. I mean, literally, when I heard that, I was like, oh, nothing's, nothing says patriotism. Like a bunch of insurrectionists in jail for trying to overthrow the government singing the national anthem while their instigator recites the Pledge of Allegiance. Give me a break. It's <laughs> depressing. It's just, I mean, it just, it, I just, I, I, I thought I'd seen it all. <laughs> yeah. No, not. Well, apparently not. You know how, you know how the Nazis took the swastika, which was a, uh, uh, a symbol of Isis, a, a goddess of love yeah, and peace. From I thought it was of Hindu origin. Well, uh, it's, it's probably it's probably it's even around. older than that. I'm just saying that yeah. that it was a it was a symbol of peace and love, and they took it mm-hmm. and twisted it around. And it's the same sort of thing when they march around with a flag, like they they co opted our flag, they've co opted our anthems and made it their own to the point where 
you know, I, it's just, it's confounding. Also, just on a practical level, uh, you can't make money when you're in jail like that. Right. No. And, and, and if there are any proceeds that happen to be made against uh, the rules, it goes to the victims, and that would be the capital cops. Well, and the other thing is, if you want to, if you're going to sell it, why put it on YouTube for free? <laughs> well, yeah. the answer is clear, Tim. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, in case you accidentally poison yourself, that can be used to induce vomiting. Ah, okay, there right. Well, there you go. There's that. that it's that an is. auditory epic. Also, you know, on, on on the macro level, is playing the refs. Because Trump is going to be indicted and there's going to be already, I mean, you got Andy Biggs, you've got, uh, what, who, who's the guy with the phone? You know, you got Meadows. Scott Perry. All, all of these people are, you know, the, the, I, I, I think the professional. Gozar, the Gozarian. Gozarian. The, uh, the professional term, I think, is that the, the shit is coming down. Yes. And, uh, the shit's about to hit the fan. There you go. We're so, so. So all of this, this, this uh, J six patriotic choir, and you know, all of it is just part of a distraction. But it's playing the refs. I mean, how can how can we, uh, you know, throw such a great patriot in jail? Right. Jesus. Yes. On um, Joe, you know, we 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 like to get our news from the uh, late night shows <laughs> as usual. So yeah. we'll close out with uh, Jimmy Kimmel responding to Tucker Carlson calling him uh, or saying that he used foreign government's talking points. <laughs> now, speaking of diarrhea, Tucker Carlson of uh, Fox News. <laughs> yesterday, we learned that the, uh, the Department of Energy, you probably know about this, believes with what they described as low confidence that COVID may have leaked from a lab in China. Eight federal agencies now have weighed in with their assessments. Four believe COVID came from natural transmission. Two say it was a lab leak, and two are still undecided. In other words, we don't know. But right. the dingbats now right. see this as some kind of proof that they were right, that the virus came from a Chinese leak at a laboratory, which, by the way, it might have. The point is, we didn't know then. We still don't know now. But no. what we did know is that Trump and his buddies blaming the Chinese resulted in a great deal of anti-Asian American sentiment and even violence in this country. And that's why it was irresponsible for the president to call it the China virus. Right. But Tucker Carlson apparently disagrees. This plague should never have happened. It could have been stopped. But people chose not to stop it. <laughs> what people? Tomorrow he'll blame the Spanish flu on Antonio Banderas. Right. Yeah. Imagine if you're a comedian and all of a sudden your cue card has all kinds of talking points from politicians and foreign governments on it. Hmm. Don't read it. You degrade you yourself. Mean like yours, and you become complicit <laughs> in the greatest crime in history. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, the idea that this man would accuse, that I would be accused of reading talking points from foreign governments, if it weren't so brazen, it would almost be funny coming from this loathsome, un-American Moscow mule. Right? <laughs> Why is it right. disloyal to side with Russia, but loyal to side with Ukraine? What is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? So, I mean, I should say for the record, I'm totally opposed to, the, to these sanctions. And, and I, I don't think that we should be at war with Russia. And I, I think we should probably take the side of, of, of Russia. Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? 
These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Why would we take Ukraine? But hold on. Why would we take Ukraine's side and not Russia's side? There he is, Putin's favorite little nesting doll, (laughs) accusing me of taking orders from a foreign government. You know the reason they call him Tucker? Is in high school, um, he liked to get naked and tuck his, like, Christmas ornaments. (laughs) And he would prance around in front of his grandparents. And they started calling him Tucker, and... That's what my Chinese intelligence tells me anyway. Oh, yeah. oh. oh wow, that was hilarious. Jeez, that's where his name came from. Well, you know, just to, to add something to the, something positive. Uh, President Biden is about to go over the, the Edmund Pettus Bridge oh, right. today. Yes. He just, he's, he's in uh, Montgomery right now. Mm, yes. He's in, just got in the beast. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm so glad he's doing that. It's about yeah, time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because these crazies down there, if they had their way, they'd like to return back to Bull Connor time. So that's right. You know, but with that, Kathy, tell people where they can check you out. Well, they can check me out mainly on Facebook at Let's Remember to Never Forget. And I'm on Mastodon, and I'm still on Twitter, but don't do it on Twitter. Do it on Mastodon or Facebook if you're going to talk to me. So, anyway, don't message me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Too many of those. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. And uh, Justice? You can find me on Twitter, Mastodon, and Spoutable at Justice Putnam, on Netroots Radio, and over on Daily Co's at Black Co's. Thank you, Justice. And Adam? Yeah, you can find me uh, every Friday night on some obscure, weird show called uh, It Came From East Palestine uh, <laughs> with some weird guy named Joe. I'm just, I love you, Joe. You know that, right? Uh, Joe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Mythical Moment every Friday. Well, most Fridays. It just depends on my work schedule and my muse. Um, and you can also find me at the movie theater tomorrow where I'll be seeing the first episode of the new season of demon slayer in a movie theater one month before it airs worldwide. I am so freaking excited. Congratulations and enjoy. I will. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched demon slayer and you, you're at least willing to dip your toe in the water, it is up on Netflix dubbed and subbed Joe. There you go. All right. And, uh, and Joe, well, you can find me dubbing and snubbing, uh, uh, and and on Facebook and on Mastodon and on WordPress and on that obscure uh, show. It came from Cleveland on Friday night, <laughs> seven to ten Eastern. Uh, and there's a segment on there by this Adam character. Uh, you might want to hear that too. All right, all right, and you can. I'm follow- told he's kind of weird. Yeah, and you can follow me at Tim Cormall on not on the Twitter, but I am on the Mastodon at Tim Cormall at Mastodon social, as well as on uh, on Facebook and uh, Instagram. But like I say, all I look at over there on Instagram is the cat crazy cat videos, and uh, I'm on Spoutable. But until they have an app, I'm just not on there very much. But but uh, with that, we'll close out the show with Lauren's latest song of the week. Don't be a Dilbert. <laughs> so take it away, oh. Lauren, and we will see you all soon. Yet another public figure went on the offense, and for his hate has paid a price. 
that if you don't want to face that kind of consequence, here's a little musical advice. If you don't want to be called a racist, don't be a racist. If you don't want to be called a sexist, don't be a sexist. Though alt-right nut jobs might admire you, businesses have the right to fire you. If you don't want to lose work, don't be a jerk. If you don't want to be called a hater, don't be a hater. If of prejudice you're a cultivator, your reputation may crater. And spare as your cancel culture lies, aren't you the big fans of free enterprise? If your career you're not ready to check, well then don't be a schmuck. You bozos act like it's unlawful when your words cause such an uproar. Well, you've got the right to say something awful, but we've got the right to show you the door. And don't let it hit you on the way out. So don't whine about being silenced when we can still hear you. But if you spout bigotry or violence, nice people won't want to go near you. When your views have always been this wrong, the only question is what took so long? So if you don't want to be called a racist or a sexist or an anti-science nut or a homophobic bigot whose career should be done, don't be one. If you're smarter than a Filbert, don't be a Dilbert. Don't be a racist. Don't stop the video, just one more quick thing and I promise I'll be fast. If you enjoy these weekly videos, I hope you'll consider supporting them so I can keep them going. You can do that for as little as $2 a month and you get fun rewards. Check out my Patreon link and other support options in the description below and I promise I'll keep helping you laugh at news that might otherwise make you cry. Thanks!